Are you a Christian woman yearning for a beautiful, joyful pregnancy and birth with a focus on God, not medical tests? Are you worried the birth you want isn't possible and you're tired of being treated like an accident waiting to happen? Hey mama, I'm Lori, host of Your Birth, God's Way. I'm a certified nurse midwife now, but I wasn't always. After working for nearly 20 years in the broken maternity system, I too was in your shoes wondering how I could have the birth I wanted and that I felt God meant for me to have. I found a secret that has actually been known since the beginning of time. God's way is the best way. Spoiler alert, God made us and our babies and He knows us best. He designed us perfectly for pregnancy, birth, and nourishing our babies after birth if we work with His design and not against it. In this podcast, you'll learn how to be healthy and have joy during this time of life that will be over before you know it. So if you're ready to reclaim your birth and your babies for His glory, go turn on a few episodes of Bluey for that little one on your hip so you can put the focus back on you for a few minutes with me. Hey mama, I am so glad you're here. This isn't exactly a new episode. The last three episodes have presented to you the exact information you're going to get here. It's just that in this particular episode, you've got the entire interview straight through with no interruptions. The previous three were divided into three parts just to make them short episodes. So perhaps someone sent you here because they wanted to share some information with you. So I hope you really enjoy it. I do want to make a small apology. You will hear some papers rustling, and you're not going to hear the best sound quality of any podcast ever recorded, and that's because I was taking notes like I was back in college. I was flopping sheets around, and I had no idea that my headset microphone was as sensitive as it was, so it picked up on all that. I hope you can ignore that and see past it, and I hope that's a little hint to you that even after doing this, I've been doing this almost six years now, even after six years, I was still learning things, and I wanted to write everything down and make sure I didn't miss anything, so I hope you'll grab a sheet of paper and a pen and you'll jot some notes down too because what you're going to learn here could truly change your health your family's health and your future it really is that big and so I hope you enjoy it and I'll talk to you at the end All right, mamas, I'm so excited to share something with you today that I think is going to potentially change your whole outlook on your nutrition and maybe change your whole way that your family eats. I want to introduce you to um, one of my little, I'm, I'm having a fangirl moment to even have her here, seriously, but this is Sue Becker. Sue Becker is the owner of Bread Beckers in Woodstock, Georgia, which is just a little bit north of Atlanta. And Bread Beckers is a store but it's also kind of an educational mission. They have a um, awesome, like huge kitchen with seats and tables and everything out there. So you can actually go learn how to make your own bread in a way that I bet most of you never have. Um, A little bit about me and my history with this back when I was pregnant with my youngest, Abigail, um, I was, I don't know, halfway through uh, with my pregnancy with her, I began to learn about wheat and fresh milled wheat and the impact that it can have on your health. And I decided to go down to Breadbeckers that I had learned about in this process and and learn about this. And from that day, our family's whole nutrition picture changed. I've started grinding my own wheat, making my own bread, and I've never stopped and I've never looked back up until this very morning when that baby that was in my tummy then stood in the kitchen and helped me make the muffins, which as you'll learn, counts as bread, (laughs) helps me make muffins to feed the family, not only for today, but for the next two or three days. When you have real bread, 
the way that God intended it to be, whole and full and not stripped of the nutrients that He put there for us that man tends to strip away, you can get almost all of your nutrition without turning to a supplement, without turning to any of the world's solutions. You get what God needs you to have in something that's delicious and not that hard. And so today what I wanted to do is I'm, I'm just so excited to have Sue here to tell you more about this process, more about why it matters, and more about how it can truly impact not only your health, but your baby's health and potentially future generations. So I'm just going to stop talking and I'm going to let Sue start talking because she has so much goodness to share with you today. Yes. I just thank you, Lori, for having me on. It's such a blessing to share my story and the nutritional benefits of freshly milled flour and how I got started. And I guess it all started way back when I, many, 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 many years ago when I graduated from high school, I loved science. I loved physiology. I loved biochemistry. And I went off to college, um, University of Georgia, as a pre-med student, realized right away after I got there, I was like, what was I thinking? You know, I I wanted to be a wife and a mother. I knew that. And so I realized I didn't want to be in school that long. And I didn't want that type of grueling career after I graduated. So changed my major, got accepted into pharmacy school, realized I didn't want to do that either. And through the dean of pharmacy school, he led me to food science. It was an up and coming industry back then. And um, all of my biochemistry and physiology and sciences, um, they all transferred to my new major. So, but after, you know, food science is not um, a nutrition degree. It's the study of food processing. Now, some of it's good. And I ventured more into food microbiology and the bacteriology of fermenting foods and food um, poisonings and how to, you know, protect from that. And so I worked as a microbiologist for Kraft Foods for nearly five years before I had my first child. But even after graduating from college, I continued to study. I read my biochemistry books and I kind of looked at life and your physical body from the standpoint of if something's not going right in my body, I must be missing a nutrient to nourish that system of my body. And I know know it's not as simple and, and straightforward as that, but that I believe should be our jumping off place. You know, it's a a great place to start. So I would read and study and, and, um, just continue to learn. And I always believed in eating real food as the basic concept of my eating habits. And when we began to have children, um, that's kind of, I came home, became a stay at home mom like you and, uh, began to homeschool my children as they grew a little older and we ate real food. Um, with the exception of our bread. And in 1991, I was introduced to the whole concept of milling my own grain to make my own bread through a journal, a medical journal um, the type, what, that was entitled, How to Greatly Reduce the Risk of Common Diseases. In this journal, the history of white flour was presented And then a brief discussion on many of the common diseases that plague most Americans and how it was directly related to our consumption of this wonderfully processed, I say that sarcastically, processed flour. Now, my background in food science, I have no idea why I never made this connection, um, you know, with my background in food science and then my 
avid study of biochemistry and physiology, I'm like, how come I didn't know that all these vitamins, minerals, and nutrients and fiber were missing in the bread I was eating? And, um, you know, when I read the word enriched flour and enriched, you know, meant on the loaf of bread that I was buying, I thought the food industry was doing us a favor because from a food scientist standpoint, you know, yay, we're, we're making this better than it would have been had we not had the food industry not enriched it. And um, I tell you, my eyes were opened that day. And like you, I've never looked back. And here, you know, here's what I learned that grains are the most nutrient dense food God has given us. But real whole grain flour spoils. Only when the grain is left whole and intact does it is it storable and retains all of its nutritional value. And only when they're freshly milled do they then give us all the life-giving nutrients that were contained in that seed. I learned that prior to the 1900s, most bread in this country was made at home. And, um, and then it was in the late 1800s, they discovered that if they took the very nutrient Brit rich bran away, the oil-laden germ away, and left only the white flour, the protein and starch, that the flour wouldn't spoil. So this led to the invention of the steel rolling mills and that sifted the bran and germ away. But what happened shortly thereafter was an epidemic of diseases. And so I, um, learning this information, I went, I'm getting a grain mill. Um, we bought a grain mill for our family and the health benefits to me were immediate and very noticeable. And it was really funny because, um, you know, wanting to feed my family healthy and doing all the studies and, you know, learning about eating real food and healthy food. I had always read whole grain flour, whole wheat flour is better than white flour. So I kind of knew that in the back of my mind, but I was just buying the whole wheat flour from the store thinking that it was, uh, you know, an acceptable product. But the thing is, it, it produced very dry and gritty bread. Never would I have made muffins out of completely whole wheat flour, you know. And um, so I didn't feel like it was such a great option. But so when I read all of this and I bought a grain mill, I really thought that the freshly milled flour was going to be just like that nasty whole wheat flour I was buying in the store. And, that, and my idea was, I don't care. This is healthy. If we have to choke this down, we're going to eat this, you know. And to my surprise, when I made that first loaf of bread, oh my goodness, not only did the wonderful smell fill the house, but it was soft and fluffy and delicious with no added white flour, no added white sugar. It was just so good. And for me, like I said, I'm an all or nothing kind of person. So I literally was like, if we have to choke this down, we're eating it. And um, we went all in. So um, white flour, white bread has not been in our house since 1991. Um, the health benefits to myself were very immediate, very noticeable. First day, my constipation was gone. Had struggled with it most of my life, even as a young child. And now all I had to do was eat my bread. And that was never an issue and has never been since 1991. Um, I had five young children at the time when we started, and so I was, and I was a homeschooling mom, and we were active in church and baseball and laundry and husbands and schooling and all of that. But I noticed my energy level greatly increased. I had 
three really young children. Um, and you kind of notice when your energy level is when you have more energy than when you don't. And I noticed that my sugar cravings greatly diminished. My frequent headaches went away. My sinus congestion went totally away, never to return. And I think like you, you mentioned the overall health of my children. You could just see a difference and notice a difference. There was no more snotty noses and, and all of this and ear infections. None of my children since bread have had ear infections. And um, anyway, and uh, I just... The bread was delicious. That was, I think, the main thing. This was healthy food. I didn't have to coerce my toddler to eat. You know, I didn't have to say, eat your broccoli. In fact, from then on, it was just eat your bread. I don't care if you don't eat anything else. Um, and I think every mom of young children struggles with getting their toddlers to eat. So for me, it was easy. Um, grains are the most nutrient-dense food God's given us. So I was like, that's probably better than anything else on that plate. Just eat it, you know. So needless to say, I became very excited because I saw the health of our family change so much and um, I began to bake bread for other people and the next thing I know they were noticing health benefits I think you mentioned a friend you took some muffins too that was dealing with constipation and in, in her children boom just done and so the next thing I knew they were calling me and saying hey where can I get a grain mill will you teach me how to make bread so that's how bread beckers started way back in November of 1992 and um, I have been on this path of educating others the more people shared testimonies with me of how the bread changed their life and and many would say it's the bread this is the only change I made and that 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 happened I would pull out my biochemistry books, my physiology books, and go, what is in this bread that could change, that, that could make this um, ch change to someone's health so drastically and so immediately? So I thought um, this morning uh, or today to lay the groundwork that maybe I would go through the history of white flour. I touched on it a little bit, but I thought I would just give it in a little more detail so that... Um, You'll better understand what I'm talking about later when we talk about specific nutrients um, that can help during pregnancy. And so, um, you know, let's start in Genesis chapter 1, verse 29. God gave us two kinds of foods. He said, I've given you um, plants that bear fruit for your food, which is great. And that includes fruits and vegetables. Those are wonderful foods, very nourishing to our body. But in his great loving kindness, he says, I gave and I'm giving you plants that bear seed for your fruit. Uh, I mean, for your food. And that's very important because fruits and vegetables, they do give us lots of vitamins, minerals, soluble fiber. They're very nourishing to us, but they all of them decay and rot over time. And so, um, you know, you may not always have them from one harvest to the next. Grains, on the other hand, plants that bear seed. And, and when I say bread, it can be any kind of grain or bean. So a pot of beans and rice is bread to me, a pot of grits, a tortilla, a muffin, a, a slice of bread. So he gave us grains because they're storable. So we always have nutritious food available. So um, that that's really important. And when I say grains and beans, nutrient-dense food, God has given us there's only a few nutrients that you can't get from most grains. And those nutrients you can get from, guess what? Fruits and vegetables. So a little bit of anatomy here of a grain. It's a seed. And seeds are made 
they all have basic same structure. Some are a little different than others, but most, like seeds, have a hard outer surface called the bran. It's several layers thick. The bran includes lots of fiber, lots of insoluble fiber, but lots of vitamins, minerals, B vitamins, just loaded with nutrients, a lot of phytochemicals. The germ then is the interior part of that seed. That's where the plant comes from, the little sprout. That's why it's called germination, <laughs> um, because that's where the, the roots and the little sprout plant. Everything else in that seed is known as the endosperm, better known to you and I as white flower. That's little packets of protein and starch, proteins and starches that our body needs, but it's missing all the vitamins and minerals. But to the seed, that protein and starch is the food for the germinating plant. That little sprout breaks down and eats that, uh, you know, consumes that protein and starch until that plant can then grow roots and leaves to get its nourishment from the soil and from rain and sunshine. But here's the deal. Left whole and intact, just like I've mentioned several times already, that seed is storable and all those vital nutrients are retained. But what happens when you mill that flour, when you mill that grain into flour? A process known as oxidation begins almost immediately. And then in the first day, you, you already are oxidizing out many, many, many of the vitamins and minerals. And I think you don't have to be a scientist like me to have seen oxidation. Don't even have to have a laboratory. Um, you know, we've all cut an apple and seen it turn dark. That's oxidation. You know, we've all have bananas and whatever. And we all have probably read, you know, every day that fruits and vegetables are stored or even hanging out on the tree. What do they do? They rot and decay. And that's an enzymatic process that's diminishing the nutritional value of that fruit and vegetable. But not so with your grains until they're milled into flour and all those vitamins and minerals are exposed to oxygen. So just like apple turning dark, those nutrients are oxidizing. So um, not only are we losing nutrients, but the flour actually spoils. The oils that are in the wheat germ begin to go rancid and they become bitter. And so real whole grain flour spoils. And this is something that's kind of unknown to most people. They don't make that connection. So what they discovered in the late 1800s, if we take away all the bran and we remove away all the, the germ that's, you know, and the oil in the germ and leave only the protein and starch, that flour won't spoil at all. This was considered a great discovery. And it led to the invention of these huge steel rolling mills that would crush the grain, sift the bran and germ, which is coarser than the white flour, sift it away and leave only the protein and starch, the white flour. The flour wouldn't spoil. And what happened was this was considered a wonderful discovery. Eventually, the steel rolling mills took over the flour milling process in our country. Local millers went out of business. Um, they moved out to the wheat fields out west. And white flour and white bread became food for the rich and poor alike 
for the first time in the history of the world. This is something that happened around 1910, and you'll never, you'll never study this in your history classes, but it happened. And what happened then was totally unexpected. Like I said, this was considered a wonderful discovery. But, you know, God has a warning in his word. And I believe it's Proverbs 14, verse 12. And it says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. And what happened when white bread and white flour became, for the first time, food for rich and poor alike, Three diseases became epidemic at the time. And this is why I felt so led to share this information because they were B vitamin deficiencies. Berry, berry. It's a nervous disorder. It is a B1 deficiency, which is thiamine. Pellagra was the third epidemic disease. It's a vitamin B3 deficiency. Really plagued the southeastern United States. In fact, the first cases of pellagra were diagnosed right here in Atlanta, Georgia. There were over 30,000 cases of pellagra in the first year when they discovered it. First, they thought it was an infectious disease, but they eventually traced it to the missing vitamin B3. And um, this is a very debilitating disease. It results in um, skin eruptions, horrible burning, stinging skin eruptions, particularly around the nose, GI disturbances, terrible dysentery, diarrhea, abdominal pain, dementia, mental insanity, and finally death. In fact, it's known as the, the disease of the four Ds, dysentery, uh, dermatitis, dementia, and death. And like I said, it particularly plagued the southeastern United States. And then the third disease was anemia. Now, like I said, um, they thought first these were infectious diseases and it was puzzling health officials all over our country. But they eventually traced the problem to the new white flower that was now commonplace. Everybody was eating it. It was, you know, you've heard the old saying, the best invention since white bread. Well, that wasn't such a great invention. And um, the they eventually urged the millers, you've got to put the Brennan germ back in once they discovered that that was the problem, the missing B vitamins and iron. And um, But the millers were like, mm, no, we can't do that because they had already found a very lucrative market for the Brannon germ. They called it the byproducts of the milling process. This was sold to the cattle feed industry. And you know what? It's still done today. And as the steel rolling mills started here in America, they have now been popular. They've uh, gone all over the world. And I find this even in other countries that are starving. Um, one of my trips to Haiti, where we've helped build a bakery there, I found a big sack of Brandon germ in the marketplace being sold. And when I asked one of the young men what that was, he said, oh, that's pig feed. So it's still done today all around the world, not just here in America. So um, eventually, though, as these diseases continue to escalate, the government did step in. And it was in 1948 that the... Um, they um, instituted enrichment process. They demanded that the um, millers had to fix the flour then if they weren't going to put the Brandon germ back in. For the 35 to 40 nutrients, really countless, I don't know how you could really even put a number on it, um, that are lost by removing the Brandon germ, they only put at that time three B vitamins and iron back in. And then 50 years go by, 
They watched the rising incidence of birth defects, and they traced it to the missing folic acid that was no longer in the freshly milled flour. Was no, I mean, it was no longer in the white flour. Um, and um, so they said that they now had to add the folic acid to the enrichment process of this new white flour. You know, supposedly... This took care of beriberi, pellagra, and anemia. But I always have to ask this question. How many nervous disorders do we have in this country today? How much GI disturbances, skin eruptions, mental insanity? You know, how much did we have? Did it really, really fix the problem? You know, Isaiah 55 verse 2 says this. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your earnings for what does not satisfy? And honestly, even as a science major, as a food scientist of all things, and a, just an avid love of physiology and biochemistry, I never knew that what I was buying and feeding my family wasn't bread. And it wasn't satisfying us, really. It may have filled our bellies temporarily, but it certainly was not satisfying our nutritional needs. And it was actually making us sick instead of bringing nourishment to our body. So I wanted to lay that groundwork if you have any, any questions before we go on. Um, but I just felt like that would explain a lot of what we're going to talk about next. And, you know, um, I had five young children before I started milling my grain and making my own bread. But once I did, I never looked back. And I remember... Um, I used a doctor that used nurse midwives in his practice. He was one of the first. In fact, he was the pioneer that actually brought it to the forefront that made other doctors start using nurse midwives. But um, so I remember they had the same group of nurse midwives had been with me from my first child all the way to my seventh child. But after my fifth child, when I started milling my own grain and making my own bread, she even made the comment to me. Um, that I no longer needed to take the additional folic acid supplements that they were doctors were prescribing then because they knew of the connection to birth defects. She said, you no longer need to take that. You're already getting that naturally in the bread you're making. So that was, that was my first thought of how nutritious this bread is and that um, I didn't need that extra supplementation to make sure that I was getting all of the folic acid I needed. So that lays the groundwork of how nutritious this bread is and um, how it supplies nearly every nutrient that our body needs to make us healthy, give us the nourishment we need, but also the unborn child that we're growing inside of us. Oh my goodness. If you could see my paper, it looks like I'm sitting in college and, and guys to I've heard all this before numerous times, and I just, every time I hear it, it just, it sickens me on one level that we even have to talk about this, but it's just so encouraging because God gave us perfect what we need. We don't need to enrich something that God gives us. It has in it what it what's needed for our bodies, and when you look at, you know, when we use it God's way, you have everything, and then man takes away almost 40 nutrients and oh, we'll just add back four. Why yeah. do we, why do we want to go this route? And you, you said this started the, the epidemic deficiency from the deficiency of B vitamins started. I think you said 1910. Did you say they started enriching in 1962? 
1948. Oh, 48. So, well, either way, that's yeah. what, 38 years. Yes. So, and, then, and then 50 years later, watching the rising incidence of birth defects, that can almost make you upset. That's an entire generation. They, before they then mandated that folic acid be added. I mean, that was after I started having children, 1998. Um, I had already, well, I had already had all of my children. Yeah before they started adding um, folic acid. And I mean, the cautionary tale there is just because they tell you you're doing good, yeah. maybe they don't really know. Or maybe when they tell you that something is safe for you to take, maybe they don't know. No, they don't. And it's yeah. just a sad thing that we, that the food industry has altered the most perfect food God has given us. And that, that saddens me you know? And, um, so I just, it, it's become my passion to educate people on the health benefits of milling your own grain and making your own bread. It's one of the best decisions that I ever made for my family. It literally changed our lives. I mean, in more ways than one, we ended up starting a business and here we are 31 years later, just as passionate today as I was when I started, because I continue to learn. I continue to study. I mean, even before we started this interview, I pulled out some of my biochemistry books to just look up a couple of, of other things. And I'm amazed. I, I'm ready to do a whole podcast on, <laughs> you know, on some of the things that I have learned. And, um, you know, I do want to, before I touch on a few um, um, complications that we can see during pre pregnancy, I do want to make number one a disclaimer. I'm I'm not don't want in any way anything I say to be taken as an over oversimplification of problems that can arise. Um, there is no cure all or magic pill. We can still have things we're exposed to, you know, different things in life. And hey, we live in a in a fallen world. And then the other thing is, I don't want any mother or anybody to feel guilt tripped. Um, I didn't start this journey until I already had five children. And, um, you know, I could look back and go, Oh, I wish I hadn't immunized the first five or, Oh, I wish, you know, we could have avoided this, this, and this. No, I started the journey and I, I can't look back with regret. I can learn, but I certainly never want to put any type of guilt on anyone. You know, if they've had some complications that you did something wrong, um, that's not the motivation here. It, it, the motivation here is to seek God, get his wisdom and share what we have learned. So we don't make, you know, mistakes going forward. Absolutely. I, I just, it just kept coming in my head when you know better, you do better. So yeah. you, you can't, you can't look at what you didn't know. You exactly. all you can when you it's just like my journey as well. I didn't know any of this until I was pregnant with number three. But once you know, and, and the other thing is, once you know it, you can't unknow it. Right. And what, <laughs> once you um, like when you look at um, what happens and, and you touched on the oxidation, but you didn't go into the numbers specifically. When you look at when you grain or mill the grain within 24 hours, half of the nutrition almost is just yeah. gone into the air well then why not just mill it and use it then so that you right. can capture that rather than buying a dead flour on the shelf of the store that again, like you said, that makes nasty yes. bread. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, I, I found a recipe the other day that it was supposedly whole grain and the recipe said 
however many cups of all-purpose flour, which is your store-bought in a bag, yes. and then however many cups of, of germ and a brand. And I thought, well, I, don't I guess all I need to do is just add all those together because it's already there. And it, but they call that whole grain. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I, or you could just have the whole grain. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the reasons I had to write a cookbook because I would buy, you know, when I first started, I would buy these whole grain cookbooks or, you know, magazines would say, oh, cooking with whole grains. And it would be white flour with a little bit of whole wheat flour or maybe wheat germ or some bran added. And I'm like, that's, that's not what I'm thinking. And so <laughs> that's why, you know, I, I put together our little recipe collection that you can get on our website. And then in 2016, wrote, uh, published a book with over 100 recipes called the Essential, Essential Homeground Flower Book. And because that's what I needed and wanted to do. But, um, you know, I, it, it's interesting because we've, we've gone over, you know, these B vitamins. And I, I'm just amazed when you do, if you do a nutritional research or something like that, and you start looking at critical vitamins for this disease or whatever, if you start looking up food sources, most of the time it's wheat, whole grains, oats, wheat germ, wheat bran, you know, um, it's, it's everywhere. And, um, that's what so in, inspired me. And, um, it was funny when, when we had, uh, we, we did buy a bakery some years ago with our children, um, cause Bread Beckers was already established and we had, um, incorporated with a longtime friend. And so our kids kind of wanted a business. So we did have a bakery and we decided that we, we milled the, um, flour fresh and then we baked the bread within, you know, soon as we the flour was finished milling we stirred up the dough and and they baked the bread and once the bread is baked the nutritional loss is minimal i do want to reiterate that um so it's that freshly milled flour that oxidizes so rapidly but anyway so we sent our bread off to have it laboratory tested we didn't want to just put you know so much of the nutritional labels that we read on the back of products it's just put in plugged into a database and then boom there's your nutritional um, um, amounts, your nutritional. And we didn't want to do that. We actually wanted to have the bread tested. And we, I can't, I still just laugh. The lab called uh, us, the bakery and said, um, what are you enriching your flour with? And we said, um, we're not enriching. And they said, no, no, you don't understand. What vitamins are you adding to this flour? And we said, no, we're not adding anything. We're freshly milling the flour. No, no, you don't understand. I mean, it was three or four times they kept saying, <laughs> what, what are you fortifying? What are you, what are you putting in there? And we said, nothing. We're milling the flour fresh. And they said, this is unbelievable. All those B vitamins, B1, B2, B3, you know, that caused the, that the missing B vitamins caused those deficiency diseases, those epidemic diseases, they were all in the freshly milled um, flour, I mean, in the bread that we were making from freshly milled flour and vitamin E, um, 100% of your daily vitamin E is in one slice of bread made from freshly milled flour. That's pretty phenomenal because wheat is the most, um, uh, is our best food source of vitamin E, the wheat germ. It's our most significant food source of vitamin E is wheat germ, and yet it's stripped out of our white flour, and it's never put back in the enrichment process. And, you know, that's something that I've really spent a lot of time researching is vitamin E, 
and decades of research have shown that vitamin E is critically important both before conception and during pregnancy. And studies, studies all over the world from years ago showed that adequate vitamin E during pregnancy reduced the incidence of miscarriages in those quite prone to miscarriage even. And the richest, like I said, food source of vitamin E is wheat germ and wheat germ oil, both amply supplied in fresh ground wheat flour. So along with, you know, of course, so many other um, nutrients that are so valuable all during your pregnancy. So um, that, that was one thing. And, and I think you and I mentioned um, in my interview with you, the vitamin E that our babies that were born after we started milling and making our bread, they didn't have the wobbly heads. They had noticeable muscle strength. And that I did my research and that it can all be attributed to vitamin E's protection of every cell in our body, including our muscle cells. It will make your muscles stronger and um, it will carry over to even our babies as they're growing in the womb. If mom's getting enough vitamin E, then um, so will the baby. And unfortunately, in most refined foods, they're completely deficient of vitamin E. And that's sad. Whereas our real whole grains and beans, seeds, give us adequate vitamin E. Not just adequate, but an ample supply. So that, that was pretty amazing to me when, I, when we had our bread tested and, and discovered that. That, that is, I, I'm, I'm shocked by that. And it's just one more level of, you know, the more, the longer creation goes on, we make more discoveries that just prove and prove and prove again God's existence yeah. as the creator. And, yeah. and so the science of digging into these nutrients and what they play into and where they come from. And, yeah. and, and when you go back to the Old Testament, even the story of Joseph, I mean, he Store grain. was storing grain and that was their, their yeah. food source. And, and so here we have arrived, you know, we're just so smart now and we're just so intelligent. And yet what have we done to what was perfect? We have ruined and yeah. stripped all the good and created so many problems that we didn't really have before. And with one simple correction that everybody listening to this podcast can make one simple correction you can fix all of that and you're smarter than all these smart people who get paid the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cause when they tell somebody, well, constipation is just normal these days and there's nothing you can do about it. I'm like, what? No. A <laughs> hundred dollars and a prescription to tell me that, you know, it's just, it, it grieves me. It, it really, really grieves me. And I just can't tell you how many young moms I've had come to me with tears in their eyes and say, you know, your the bread saved our life. You know, my son couldn't go to the bathroom. Something that simple. Um, but, uh, you know, so, I mean, I could go on and on there at warts. Warts are another big childhood issue. And well, and even adults have them, but it's so they're so common in, in children. And um, my studies have shown that vitamin E can get rid of warts. And I, I discovered that before bread and I gave my children vitamin E supplements because again, vitamin E protects the integrity of every cell in your body. And when the integrity of your cells are protected wrong, they're less susceptible to an invasion of a virus. 
This is important in more realms than just warts, if you want to catch what I'm saying there. Um, so warts are a virus. So if the integrity of our cells are strong and less susceptible to a viral infection, then less susceptible to not only just getting the virus that causes warts, but if we already have that virus and warts, um, then it can help us fight those off. And I knew from my studies about vitamin E, like I said before, bread, and I gave my children vitamin E supplements. Two of my children have warts and their warts after multiple visits to the doctor to get rid of them to no avail. I'm talking months and lots of money. I learned about vitamin E, began to give them supplements, and within just a couple of weeks, they were gone. After bread, one of my children got warts, and his warts were gone. Well, he had them before he started bread, and with no vitamin E supplements, they went away within just a matter of weeks. And I'm telling you, this is probably one of our number one testimonies. I encourage anybody listening, I have a whole podcast called Wart Stories, mm-hmm. and I encourage <laughs> you to go listen to that. It is it is so powerful, like I said, not just about warts, but the protection of, of any virus. And I think that's why I saw a decline in the snotty noses, the ear infections, and just the overall um, health of our children. They just didn't seem to get all those sicknesses again. But I mean, we have, have, we have wart stories of 500 warts that a child had for five years go away excuse me, and she had them burned off. She was on multiple medications. The mom says she's currently on ulcer medication. They think it could be stress-related. And in two and a half weeks, after five years of having over 500 warts on her, in two and a half weeks from changing to the freshly milled bread, uh, her warts were gone. Two and a half weeks, 500 warts gone, never to return. And um, that's that's pretty amazing. Um, Another issue that... um, that can be attributed and I know um, is becoming more and more common now is toxemia or some people call it preeclampsia. Some people believe some medical doctors and and researchers believe it can be prevented and listen to this. In my studies, I found the important nutrients mentioned particularly to prevent toxemia and preeclampsia were the B vitamins as a whole or individually, and in particularly choline, which is one of the B complexes that's so prevalent in whole grains, particularly wheat, and the amino acid methionine, all of these are supplied generously by most whole grains, freshly milled, of course. I thought that was fascinating because we're seeing that on the rise. You probably more so than me. But um, so many of my kids' friends, I'm, I'm hearing that. And again, don't want to oversimplify. Don't want to say it's your fault that if you've had this issue. But wow, what if it could be our bread could supply everything we need to prevent it? In fact, um, I have another podcast on my um, Sue's Healthy Minutes, and I call it War Stories. And I'm like, okay, you've heard my war stories. Now this is war stories. And um I, I learned that in Europe, during both world wars, the incidence of diabetes and heart disease and all these things, but just today I read the incidence of toxemia and preeclampsia in women was also markedly dec- decreased. The article I read, it said, because sugar became unavailable, so sweets were no longer eaten, and with food supplies so limited, like their food supplies were cut off, 
most countries, isn't this interesting, were prohibited, uh, that most countries prohibited the commercial milling of grains and the sifting away of the bran and germ because white flour had already reached these other countries. And so now everybody had to go back to either milling their own flour and making their own bread from freshly milled grains or the commercial mills could no longer take the bran and germ out. So now they were all eating this bread made from freshly milled flour. And because so many food supplies were limited, bread became their predominant food. So the consumption of bread greatly increased. Guess what they found? Toxemia decreased. Diabetes decreased. Heart disease decreased during limited times of food and war times. Isn't that amazing that you would think where maybe people are going a little more hungry and without all the fancy foods that that you would see more prevalence of disease, but that was actually the opposite. Unfortunately, when the war ended and uh, resources became more readily available, guess what they did? They went right back to the white flower, and guess what? These diseases began to increase again. I, I just thought that was just so fascinating um, that that I had not seen that part of my war stories um, before that toxemia, preeclampsia actually decreased as bread consumption, real bread consumption, let me make that clarification, increased. Isn't that a fascinating? It, it boggles the mind, Sue. It boggles the it, mind. And it really, um, and, and call me call me the cynical one, but it really <laughs> makes you start digging into what is the motivation of what's going on here? Because you did touch on um, a market where they had pig feed. Yeah. And I remember hearing in your in your The Truth About Wheat talk that you talked about how what was sifted out of the flour was then given to the animals. And then when they started talking about saying, hey, we shouldn't do this, we should put it back in, they wouldn't, they were like, no, 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 no. Because they had created a new income stream yeah. and they didn't want to go back to the old way because then that would get rid of that money they had. And so it really makes you start wondering, like, what is the motivation? I, I thought they were supposed to be in this for our good. Right. Maybe we need to start going back. Because to me, this is simple. Like it's just two puzzle pieces and that's all you got to choose from. You don't have a thousand pieces. You've got two pieces and you fit, they fit perfectly together. Yeah. So why are we not just putting them together? It really is like, well, what's, what do they have to gain? You, you've got to pull away from this worldly quote wisdom, which is yeah. the opposite and, and look at the simple truth of what God has given us. And, and one thing I would like for you to touch on just a little bit, because I'm sure statistically speaking out of the people who are listening, someone in here has been told that they're gluten intolerant and right. they are sitting here listening to us going, these people are crazy. Wheat will kill me, you know, or it makes me right. hurt and all this. Could you touch on um, yes. the gluten intolerance and then also uh, how that relates to celiac and the people who have maybe been told they were gluten intolerant, they can eat this kind of bread? Can you, can you kind of go into that a little bit? Yes. Yes, I will. And, uh, you know, I want to say one thing. It, You know, we have so much information at our fingertips and in so many ways, I'm very thankful for it. But at the same time, we have very much false information at our fingertips. And when I read this information in that medical journal 31, 32 years ago, you know, I was a science major. I had the background. I had the knowledge. Why didn't I put the pieces together, you know, puzzle pieces together before? But what so struck me with that information is two things. It was scientifically sound, but it was biblically sound. 
And that's what I'm seeing with the whole anti-grain, anti-gluten propaganda that's bringing people back around. They're questioning it. They're going, wait a minute. This is not biblically sound. Jesus compared himself to bread. So what's going on now? A lot of people are being told, you know, that wheat is genetically modified and all the things that have done to the um, genetic modification of grain is not the same grain that Jesus ate and he compared himself to. That is not technically correct. There is no genetically modified wheat sold in the United States of America, even worldwide that I know of. Um, wheat has been uh, crossbred. In crossbreeding or hybridization is very different from genetic modification. It is bred with, you know, crossbred with other wheat varieties, and and that's there's nothing wrong with that. And um, I can't remember uh, the doctor's name that studied a hundred years of wheat seeds because we you know we have wheat seed banks, and he studied over a hundred years of wheat seeds and found that there was no more gluten forming proteins in wheat of today than there was a hundred years ago. So that's somewhat of a misnomer, but let's talk about what gluten is first. First of all, gluten is not contained in grains. Gluten is a culinary term more than anything for the stretchy substance that forms when wheat flour is hydrated. Okay. Wheat has a unique, specific genetic makeup of amino acids that um, make, that form this stretchy substance called pro, uh, gluten when these proteins are hydrated. No other family of grains has those particular amino acids. And guess what? They've been there since the beginning of time. They're genetically there. Why is this important? Because when the yeast feeds on the carbohydrates that are found in wheat and in your bread dough, and whether that yeast is commercial yeast like we use today or yeast that's found in a sourdough starter, it really doesn't make any difference. They feed on the carbohydrates and they produce carbon dioxide gas. You need these stretchy strands of protein called gluten to trap that carbon dioxide and blow up like a balloon which enables the bread to rise. So that is why, since the beginning of time, wheat has been the family of grains that's used for making leavened yeast breads. It's always been there, okay? So it's not, there's not some franken-wheat, this is not some evil thing that's been modified to be in there. It's always been there. God put it there, okay? And that's why the wheat family is the only family of grains that we make bread from. You don't make yeast bread out of corn. You don't make yeast bread out of rice or millet. Of course, unless you manipulate it and put all these starches in there so that it can mimic yeast bread. So does that make sense? First of all, we need to understand what gluten actually is. It is not an evil demon. All right. But let's go back to the processing of white flour. All the vitamins, all the minerals, all the enzymes, all the vitamin E, all the wheat germ oil, all the fatty acids are in the bran and germ. White flour is nothing more than protein and starch, okay? All those amino acids that form gluten are in the white flour. So now 100 years we've eating, been eating 
pure, if you want to say this, I don't like to say it this way, pure gluten and starch. God never intended us to eat the white flour without the bran and the germ and all those vitamins and minerals. So therein lies the problem. More so than the gluten itself. And I, I hate to even use that terminology, but that's what people understand. So celiac disease, let's talk about that. It affects less than 1% of Americans, less than 1%. I think it's 0.8% have true celiac disease. Celiac disease, contrary to what you may have read, is genetic. You are born with it. You lack the enzymes to break down a particular amino acid that forms gluten known as gliadin. Okay, G-L-I-A-D-I-N, gliadin. That is one of the amino acids. It's gliadin and glutenine that when flour is hydrated, it forms this stretchy substance called gluten. So you're born without the capacity to digest gliadin. It's a gluten-forming protein. Okay. Now, if you're not diagnosed and don't know that you have it, it's very debilitating. It will lay down the villa in, villi in your gut. Um, it usually causes anemia. You're very sickly. You have abdominal pain. You have all these issues. But typically nowadays that more and more people know about it, you're typically diagnosed by the time you're 7 to 10 years old, maybe even younger now because of the more awareness of it. But it's not a very common disease. It's actually quite rare, true genetic celiac disease. I know a few, but it's quite rare. What is happening in America today? We've been living on pure protein and starch. <laughs> and so um, we have compromised digestion. I go over this in one of my podcasts on digestion. You know, this is something people don't realize Gluten is nothing more than proteins found in wheat, so amino acids. That's all it is. It's not some harmful substance. But again, I want to reiterate, we were never intended to eat it without the bran and the germ and all the vitamins and minerals. When we go through the process of digestion, proteins are digested in the stomach. They need a very acidic environment to work. But do you know what we do in America? One of the most common drugs we take is what? Antacids. Antacids. So we are compromising our digestion of proteins right there. Mm -mm. And yet we're blaming <laughs> the most nutrient-dense food God has given us on something we may be creating ourselves. First of all, eating bread that's only made of protein and starch and even even the whole grain bread one you know people say oh but I can't even eat the 100% whole grain bread in the store well you need to check out the label on that because first of all it's made on those same steel rolling mills that make the white flour and they just add back some of the bran and germ to be called whole grain but if you read the label the third or fourth ingredient is gluten you can isolate those amino acids out of wheat and then dehydrate it and powder it, and it's known as vital wheat gluten. They add a massive amount of that to your 100% whole grain flour because in the food industry, it's not considered flour. 
So you're eating much more protein and starch than God ever intended from you. You're not, you, you've upset the fiber to flour ratio. Does that make sense? So now we are having these digestive issues breaking down these proteins. And if you don't break down proteins properly, guess what they're going to do? When they get to your colon, they're going to lay down that villi. So now we have people 20, 30, 40 years old saying, oh, I have celiac disease. Well, unfortunately, the medical community diagnosis is so much based on symptoms. So you have all the symptoms of celiac disease, but you're not a true genetic celiac. That should bring you hope. So all these gluten intolerances and wheat intolerances and grain intolerances, I don't deny that there's probably some sensitivities. I have a feeling it it comes from eating the quite denatured and commercially milled flour products all your most of your life, you know, and now all of a sudden you go, oh, I can't eat wheat. I can't eat this. Um, the sad thing is so many health officials, they're not differentiating between wheat and the bread and flour products you're finding in the store. They're calling that wheat. That That is not wheat. <laughs> it's made from wheat, maybe, <laughs> but it's not wheat. And that saddens me. The good news is, though, and I finally found an article, a scientific study on this whole celiac phenomenon, phenomenon and I loved it. They titled it Non-Genetic celiac disease and you know what their cure for it was probiotics and real whole grains that how about that that's encouraging to me isn't it to you and i wish i could tell you how many people that are not true genetic celiacs and i want to clarify genetic celiac disease does indeed exist and you will never be able to eat wheat whether it's freshly milled or not good news most of you that think you're gluten intolerant or gluten sensitive or have been told you're celiac or you've developed celiac disease, chances are you're not a true genetic celiac and chances are you can eat bread made from freshly milled flour with no issues at all. Not only no issues, but you may reverse the debilitating health issues that you've been struggling with that have been blamed on gluten. That's exciting to me. And how do I know this? Well, from my studies and reading, but also testimonies. Um, when we had our bakery, our son ran the bakery and baked the bread, and he started doing farmer's markets. Well, the gluten-free thing, you know, and celiac and all of that, and the whole GMO wheat all was just pounding away, you know, on the internet, and everybody was all of a sudden going gluten-free. Well, this mom came to his booth at the farmer's market and she was, you know, he was talking to her about how he mills the wheat fresh and everything. Well, she said, gosh, you know, my daughter, though, just can't eat it. She gets severe abdominal pain and throws up if she eats, you know, mind her word, she said wheat. But what she was talking about was bread from the store that contains wheat. And she goes, and we've tried some of the gluten-free breads and my son made a gluten-free bread. And she goes, yours is the best, but she still doesn't like it. It's not soft. She just wants a sandwich. And um, so my son talked to her about it and everything. And she said, she's not genetic celiac, but she has 
severe pain whenever she eats anything with, she kept saying, gluten in it. So she looked at my son that day and she said, you know what, I'm just going to try it. If it hurts her stomach and she throws up, then we just won't, we won't, we'll know. The next week at the farmer's market, that little girl, 13 years old at the time, came running up to my son's table. Mr. Dave, Mr. Dave, I love your bread. I ate a sandwich every single day and I've had no stomach ache and I did not throw up not one time. That brought so much hope and joy back to that little girl. And so that's what I want to leave people with is please, please, please pray about it. Seek God's wisdom. And if you don't have a true genetic celiac diagnosis, I want to give you some hope that you most probably can handle freshly milled whole grain flour, even wheat. Had another mom where I just, somebody asked me a question in one of my classes. I think it was even pressure cooking. It wasn't even a bread making class. And they happened to ask kind of like what you just did about gluten and everything. And I explained a little bit. Well, I didn't know there was a mom sitting in there. Child had significant health issues on all kinds of medication, had been told to go gluten-free and dairy-free, you know, all the big no-nos yet. God says he was taking us to a land of milk and honey. So anyway, she was had gone gluten-free, but she heard me explain that. And I did not know. She bought a meal that night and went home and said, we're going to try this. I saw her just six months later. And she came back, she heard my voice and she said, she introduced herself. She said, I just got to tell you this. And she told me the story. And like I said, I had not talked with her before and known this. And she said, not only could my child eat that bread, he began to thrive and he is now off of all of his medication. Wow. That's what, you know, at first I was a little timid about being so um, strong on this stance of debunking the whole anti-wheat, anti-grain propaganda. But now I'm getting a little more boldness as more and more people tell me, I can do this and not only can I do it, it has healed me. And um, that's exciting to me. So I'm seeing it now as not intimidating people, um, but giving you hope and encouragement. That That is my whole goal. And... Um, you know, I, I think it's important. I want to I want to read you something. This is this is something I found years ago. It was a quote by a very popular and well-known um, doctor that many, many, many of us probably follow. But I want to read you something that he wrote. And I so agree with the first part of this. Listen to this. It says um, this is a medical doctor damage to the gastrointestinal tract. From the overuse of antibiotics, anti-inflammatory drugs like Advil or Aleve, and acid-blocking drugs like Prilosec or Nexium, combined with our low fiber, you know, our high sugar diet, leads to the development, listen to this, of celiac disease and gluten intolerance or sensitivity and the resultant inflammation, okay? I totally can't agree more. I mean, that is like, wow, you just said everything that I teach. Listen to the next, his conclusion. The biggest problem is wheat. The major source of gluten in our diet. And that is why the elimination of gluten can 
um, be a powerful way to prevent and reverse these chronic diseases. I did not hear wheat anywhere in that lineup of what he said causes the problem. Did you? I didn't. That's, again, mind-boggling. Mind-boggling, is it not? And that's what I'm saying. People are spitting out information, but then making ridiculous conclusions. No, how about this? In the 25 years that I raised my children on freshly milled flour, we only needed three times is all we needed. Nine children, only three times did we need antibiotics. Not against antibiotics when they're needed, but the overuse is destroying our guts. It's killing our good bacteria, our good organisms, along with, um, with the bad. And it's destroying our gut lining. Then the anti-inflammatory drugs. How many people chronically have pain? So they chronically take Advil and Aleve. And don't realize that every time you take it, there's a little bleeding in your bowels that go on. Just from one. So how about those that are taking five, six, seven a day? What are we doing? And then I just mentioned the Prilosec and Nexium, the acid-blocking drugs that is compromising our protein digestion. So he says it all, combined with our low fiber, <laughs> which is white bread, Twinkies, donuts, you know, even the fresh, even the 100% whole grain bread in the store that you pay extra for. You know, where are we getting fiber in the American diet? It's not there. But sugar is our high sugar diet. All of this has led to what he calls celiac disease, which is not true genetic celiac disease but then blames wheat on it. Whereas wheat has every amino acid to actually heal the gut. The fiber cleanses the gut. Don't let anyone tell you that bran eaten in the context of the whole grain, when you mill it fresh, it is not irritating to your bowel. We had a testimony years ago. Um, well, I used to call her an older woman, but now I'm older than she was when I heard about this. <laughs> now I say this very young woman, she was 65, um, uh, her daughter was a missionary. Her and her husband were missionaries, and they were here back in the States on furlough. And they were going to visit her mother in Boston, Massachusetts. And she came into the store. They were on a very limited budget. and But she told me, she said, Sue, my mother has been on steroids for 10 years for her bowel issues, her flare-ups. She said every time they try to wean her off, she has horrendous flare-ups. She has bleeding bowels, chronic diarrhea, irritable bowel, or whatever she wanted to call it. She goes, she can't sleep through the night. She wakes up five times in the night. She cannot leave the house. I'm 68 years old. I could not imagine not being able to leave my house and being debilitated to that extent. She said she can't leave the house because she can't be that far away from the bathroom. She has bleeding bowels now. And she said, and now the doctor said, well, maybe you need to go gluten-free. You know, this, this is so exasperating to me. The first time in, in, in my years of studying health and nutrition that allopathic and holistic health or, you know, more natural health they're all on the same bandwagon. Get rid of the dairy and get rid of the gluten, the wheat. You know, wheat is terrible, terrible. So anyway, it really saddens me. But anyway, she said, you know, that's what they're told her to do now. And she said, so I was thinking maybe I would get a mill 
and we're going up there to spend two weeks with her. And, um, and I have a ministry, Real Bread Outreach, that helps people, you know, on very limited financial budgets. And these, this couple was missionary. So I said, you know what? Our ministry, Real Bread Outreach, will help you get grain and a mill if you're going there to teach your mom and you can show her how to do this. So we started talking and she said, well, you know, they told her to maybe go gluten free. Well, all of a sudden, in exasperation, she goes, I don't know anything about making bread gluten free. She goes, just give me a bucket of hard red wheat. And um, which is the most cleansing and fibrous of grain, I think, that we have. And so she did. She took a bucket of hard red wheat up there and a mill and showed her mom how to make bread. They started making bread. Listen to this. She wrote me to say that in five days, five days, her mother was sleeping through the night, no longer having to get up. Um, and by the end of two weeks, her mom's bowels were completely normalized, no bleeding, no medication, and she was completely, she had her life back. Her father actually got his life back too. He had blood sugar issues and all that, all of that resolved. And they were actually out raking leaves or doing yard work. The neighbor came over and said, I thought y'all had passed away. I never saw y'all coming and going. That's how confined to the house they were. And now they had their life back in two weeks from freshly milled flour. Wow. That to me, I, it almost makes me cry just, just hearing that. And yet, what are we being told? Wheat is terrible. Wheat's the enemy. And yet it is probably the most healing food that we have. And of course, like I've said probably a hundred times already in this podcast, it's the most nutrient dense food. God has given us. Jesus compared himself to bread for a reason. It is life-giving and life-sustaining. And um, it just blows my mind. You know, I, I find bread scriptures everywhere. <laughs> you know, since making my own bread, I was like, wow, even I just finished the book of Ruth, you know, and, and it says right there, and you'll miss it if you don't, number one, understand bread. And I, we follow the um, the biblical feast. So, you know, it says she came back during the barley harvest and, you know, mm-hmm. they went away and Naomi decided to go back and says, cause she had heard that God had provided her people with bread, you know? So I see, I see bread everywhere. It just jumps off the page at me, but I think one of the most fascinating verses and, um, really powerful bread verses that I ever came across was in the book of Deuteronomy. You know, you kind of trudge through the law and go, God, can you speak to me today through this? <laughs> and um, and he does, because it's actually very powerful. But in Deuteronomy 24, verse 6, this just blew me away when I read it. It says, um, it's a law about borrowing and lending. You know, God gave us instructions of how to treat people and how to live in unity and peace with each other. And in those days, if you borrowed something from someone... You gave them something of value of yours as a pledge. You know, here's here's this of mine. You know, hold it for me until I bring back what I borrowed, until I repay you, you know. And it was usually something of value of your own to say, I'm, I'm going to bring this, I'm going to repay you. But you held this as a pledge. Listen to what Deuteronomy 24 verse 6 says that you cannot take as a pledge. It says, do not take a man's upper millstone as a pledge. In other words, what you grind your grain with. 
for you would be taking a life. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. Yet in the early 1900s, we let somebody take meals out of our home. Bread was the first food that was altered and commercially processed was the first food that its production was taken out of the home. And we've been letting someone and, and they've been taking our life ever since. And I think it's so much about just this convenience factor. We just, we, we've overpacked our, our days to where we are willing to give some things up to not have to do so much, but the things that we give up are the things that we need to keep and the things that we're trying to squeeze in or maybe the things that we, we can really let go. Exactly. Exactly. And I think we saw that a little bit with COVID. If, in, if COVID did anything, it kind of brought us back home and made us think about things again. But then unfortunately, kind of like, you know, when the war ended, mm-hmm. um, we go back and, um, you know, we, people say, oh, I can't wait till things return to normal. Do we really want them to return to normal? For many of us, the very things we were hoping to get out of our life, they did, but now we're wanting them back. So, you know, you, you ask, you know, what's, what's propagating all of this and why is it happening in the food industry? It would be greed and money, mm-hmm. you know, because even things like, you know, I understand wheat that it spoiled. So that one kind of made sense, but like salt, why is it refined? Well, they strip the minerals that are in naturally mined mineral salt. They strip those minerals away, leaving us with just sodium chloride, and they sell those minerals to other industries. And that's done over and over and over. And um, But then you hit the nail on the head. We think of it, hallelujah, this is a great discovery, and we buy into it. You know, it, they only can sell marketable products, and um, unfortunately... We've let them market market these very heavily refined um, foods that are not nourishing our bodies at all. In Psalm 78, this one just really blows me away. You know, when the children of Israel were in the wilderness and they started whining about the manna, it said they tempted God in their hearts by desiring food according to their selfish appetites. Whoa! <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty powerful that, you know, we, we've altered God's perfect food and then we wonder why we're sick and then we cry out to him to heal us. I wish I could tell you how many times people have told me they have an issue in their life, a health issue, warts on their children or this, that or the other, and they cry out to God for an answer and then they stumble across my, our website or our teaching or real bread, the staff of life video. And that's their answer. You and know, they probably call it, they call it, call it a uh, coincidence. Well, some of As, them don't, they realize this is the answer and they go all in and they see health, you know, health benefits. But, um, God promises that if we ask for wisdom, he'll, he'll give it. And, um, you know, and so that's the thing. If we, if, if we make that connection that, Hey, this is the answer you were asking for. And, um, it really blesses me when people tell me that, you know, because in it, it's such a privilege to be an answer to God's, you know, to someone's prayers. And, um, it's such a blessing. And, uh, I I really appreciate you having me on. And I hope that maybe the information shared today is an answer to someone's prayers. You know, um, I get a lot of messages or, um, 
I have some questions on my Facebook group asking people, you know, how they found me and things like that. And one of the the repeated things that I hear is that it's just a relief to have someone not ignoring God in a process. Because wow. the the uh, world of maternity care, that's that's one of the biggest reasons I started the podcast is because it seems like Christians are faithful in pretty much everything. But then over here in a separate section is where we keep our medical stuff. Yes. And and that's something different. And, and the doctor's the one that answers those things. And, and we pray for healing, but then we, what's the doctor say? What's the doctor say? What's the doctor say? Right. And we forget that we have this complete book that has lasted the test of history that yeah. gives us information that we need that can help us find what he meant for us to have anyway. And this, and, and instead of having it divided, why do we not bring these things together? And so women find my podcast and it's just a breath of fresh air that we can talk about having babies and God at the same time, because yes. guess what? God made each and every one of us without our say, and we had nothing to do with it. And he's making our babies without our say. It's not like we're in there sewing the cells together. He's right. doing all of that with or without our knowledge. And, and bread is another one of those things that it just, he, it's sitting there staring you in the face. There's traces of stories of nourishment and healing and survival throughout the old Testament, throughout the new Testament. Yeah. It, and, and, and it's, it's education, but it's also cautionary tales like that. Yes. The verse about, you know, the laziness coming in because it's just so easy, especially we as moms, we've got so much we have to do. And so much, many people are relying on us to do so many things. And so we, we look for things to be able to get off our plate, but there's some things that really are the, should be the main things on that plate. And, and the world will twist the truth to where, like you said earlier about, They'll call store bread, bought bread and they'll refer to that as wheat, but that's not wheat. No. And so, and, 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 and all the way back in Genesis, Satan sold us a lie and all he had to do was change one word or he sold Eve a lie. He changed one word because Eve says, God said, we will surely die. And Satan said, you will no. not surely die. And that one word changed everything. And so you listen to all these experts, like you said, that say, you know, yeah. all of this is being caused by A and B. So take out C, the wheat. Well, A yeah. plus B doesn't equal C. And yeah. we know that. And so we have to really take a step back. And if science says one thing and the Bible says something else, we need to take a step back and really look at what makes sense yeah. God made all of these things, whether you want to give him credit for it or not, he made them all. And so he is the one we need to be looking to. And then where that very often will mix with science because he science proves him, the universe That's proves him, everything, everything proves him. But so if science tells you something that doesn't yeah. mesh with what he's telling us, God's not the one to doubt. It's the, the quote science. And we need to really look at what are we giving up for these conveniences. And I, yeah. I'll warn you to everybody who is stuck with us through this. You may be feeling like, whoa, what have I been doing? How have I been so lied to? And I'm going to give you a, a, a cautionary statement. This is a long and lonely road because whenever you find that very first thing that you realize you have been sold a bill of goods for, and a lot of you, it's already happened because you're here and you know that the medical system has lied to you about pregnancy and about birth. Yeah. And so you've started to realize it anyway. But once you realize it, 
and you start, you'll start chasing rabbit tails. You'll realize, well, well that, like you mentioned the salt, well, that doesn't make sense. And you mentioned milk, that doesn't make sense. Before you know it, you're the one like me who, when we get off of this interview, I'm going to load up my kids and drive an hour to the Amish to go get our raw milk because yes. we don't drink store-bought milk anymore. Yeah. And um, you'll be the one that's going to the co-op pickups every three months or month or wherever, depending on where you get it from, to go get your wheat because we don't buy store-bought bread anymore. And and you're, you become the crazy person. But you know the beauty <laughs> of being the crazy person? You're closer to God. Yes. Your faith is stronger than it's ever been. And you're healthy. Yes. Hallelujah. And, and, and it's just, it's a beautiful thing. So just don't be discouraged by this. I hope that you have found the encouragement that I wanted you to have this. The, I wanted to do like 12 different topics of podcasts. I only have two, but I wanted to do one about bread. I even wanted to open a store here because I just want to teach people Yes. The health that they're missing out on. And it's simple. This is not buying some huge diet plan and changing everything. This is easy. Everybody loves bread. You know, when you go and and the people who aren't aren't eating bread, they're like suffering. They're like, I want to roll and I can't have it. You don't have to be that person. No, you don't. And so it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And so, and, and, and you mentioned COVID and how that made people do things different. And now they're getting back to normal and, and leaving the good changes they made behind. And last night, or maybe it was just day before yesterday, I went to your website for your classes and there are openings and you're getting started classes. And my mind was blown because I've been telling people you can't get into these classes. And that tells you that people are starting to forget that this is important. But the beauty of that is all you lovely women who are listening to me, if you are anywhere near Atlanta, Georgia, I mean, even if it's two days, I'm telling you, it is worth it. For one thing, go to the class just because it's fun and you learn a lot. But the best part is you eat so much good stuff. You get to try it all. She makes it all there in front of you and you get to try it all. And and it's just so much fun. I have friends that I made from that class that um, I stayed in touch with. It's just, it's a great thing. And if you are too far, I know I'll have at least one mama that's listening from like Northern Canada. So I'm guessing she's probably not going to make it. Not, But you can, you can also now stream them. Yeah, it's a little too far. You can, they offer them streaming. Um, And then she also has, Sue also has her Sue's Healthy Minutes podcast, which kind of breaks everything down into smaller chunks so you can listen to it in smaller chunks. There's just, there's so much information that Brad Beckers has provided. There's a YouTube channel with just more videos than you're going to be able to even go through, but it is, take the time. It, it, it is the best thing or one of the best things. I mean, there's, there's so many, there's so many things out yeah. there that have been ruined for you that are making you sick. And when you re- individually figure out what they are, those changes, those are the priorities. Those are the things that you want to put on your plate. And you want to take off all that other stuff because you won't have to go to the doctor as much and you won't have to worry about a lot of other stuff too. And, you know, a lot of you are pregnant and you're probably constipated while you're listening to this and, <laughs> and wondering why you can't poop. And you don't realize that there's a lot of hormonal things playing into that as well. But, but, but bread alone, real bread can fix it. And, 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 you know, this kind of falls into, I talk about this kind of stuff. It's in the can't hurt might help category. Can we promise that this is going to fix all of your problems? Well, we can't promise that, but God did promise to give us what we need. And it's certainly not going to hurt you. And it certainly very well might help this and so many other things. And 
I'll just um, kind of wrap this back up about uh, you mentioned the grandmother who couldn't leave her house. And I just the only my only regret about any of this is that I didn't find you sooner because my my sweet grandmother, she lived to be 94, but she was miserable because she would have trouble leaving the house because her bowels were just in such a mess. And she had diverticulitis. And one time she had a, a small bowel obstruction, had surgery and the surgeon actually called in other doctors to come look at her intestines because she had the most striking and marked case of diverticulitis that he had ever seen. Wow. And I just wonder, she wouldn't eat seeds. She missed out on strawberries. There's so many things she blamed for what was causing her problems. Of course, I didn't know any better at the time. And I just wonder how her life might have been different and I'd have, had I found this stuff sooner and if I could have fed her these these foods. And so I just hope that you all that are listening, take this. I mean, it's been a ton of information and you might have to like go back and listen to it again to really digest it all. But this, this is the real stuff. This is, and this is not us making it up and just talking about what we think, think God tells us this. And so God, there truth can be found. We are told yeah. in his word, truth can be found, but it's not in worldly quote wisdom. It is in his word and everything that we've said here, you're going to find, and, and you'll find like she said, like Sue said, once you kind of start looking for it, once you once that layer of the onion is peeled back, as you read scripture, you'll be like, oh, well, how about that? There's that. There's that. There's that. You know, you'll read about barley and flax and all these different harvests and the timing of them. Even in the plagues, you look at the timing of the plagues and what got killed by the hail and what didn't and what was there later. And it's just like, oh, it makes sense. You know, yes. so it's really an encouraging thing and it's a faith building thing. And I just... I, I could, I'm, I'm like, Sue, I could talk about this all day, but <laughs> yes. there's all, you, not everybody's ex- as excited as we are, but you're going to get there. I promise. Once you yeah. see the difference, you will be where we are a couple years down the road. And, and you know what, in, in closing, I'll say this. I am more excited today, if that's even possible, than I was 31 years ago, 32 years ago when I started. And how many healthy eating things do we do? that we're still doing two weeks later, (laughs) much Mm -hmm. less 32 years later, and still excited about. I've never looked back. I want to encourage people. We will help you on this journey. We do have a YouTube channel, Bread Becker's YouTube channel. Go to our website, breadbeckers.com. I encourage you to subscribe to our email newsletter. We only send, you can do that on our website. We only send it out once a month, but then you can see um, when the classes are coming up. We do offer some of them live streamed. Um, we aren't live streaming this one this time, but we already have a getting started class on our website and our YouTube channel. Go listen to Sue's Healthy Minutes. And on our um, YouTube channel, we have a the video, the full video, Real Bread, the Staff of Life. That will blow you away. <laughs> and so I, I just want to encourage you. You can do this. And um, it is the most important thing outside of accepting Jesus as my Savior and marrying and having my children that um, is the most important decision I've ever made in my life. And my little grain mill that sits on my counter is still the most important appliance in my house. I say that that t- phrase, you just used it, you can do this. That is kind of my <laughs> phrase about, about people who are wanting to have their babies naturally. You can do this. God made you for this. You can do this. You can make bread for your family. And, and, and the, I said earlier, and I, I didn't mean to be discouraging that it's a long and lonely road, 
but you will find your people and you will find that there's people already doing this that you don't realize it. And they don't talk to you about it because they don't want you to think they're crazy. But you can then be crazy (laughs) together and it's fun. And and there's Facebook groups and there's, there's all kinds of different networks where you just learn and you learn and you learn. Um, There's like, like we said earlier, there's a lot of information out there that's bad. But once you know what to look for and the words to use to find it, there's a lot of good information out there, too. And, and, and it is doable and it is worth it. And, and I just promise you, you won't regret it at all. So I, I, I cannot thank Sue enough for spending this time with me. As I said before, I'm a fangirl because she is just like the bread lady. But she's she is a few like you said, when you met the lady and you called her old lady, she's just a few years down from where I am and where we all will be soon. And she's lived it. And the reason that you, she is more excited about it today than she was 32 years ago is because it's just affirming. It's faith affirming. It's kind of like once you, you realize the truth about birth, you really, it's easy to weave through the nonsense and realize that, no, this makes sense. God made us like every little thing that, that before was like, huh? It all adds up into a beautiful masterpiece. And this is just one more little piece of that, that you can now plug in and give your body whole good nutrition. Some of you are listening. You don't even know you're pregnant yet, but guess what? You'll have the building blocks there. Cause most of us, by the time we know we're pregnant, our babies, all their organs are already formed. Yeah. And we didn't even know they were there yet. So we can, you can now have the tools to make sure you've got your preconception nutrition there, your prenatal nutrition there, your, your nutrition through your breast milk, which the world tries to tell you is not complete. Guess what? It is, especially when you give your body whole nutrition. It, it just makes it all fit together perfectly. And I thank Sue for her time and for opening some of your eyes to this new world that I promise you, you're going to love and you don't have to do it alone. You've got all my contact information in the show notes. If you don't already know how to find me, you know how to find Sue at breadbeckers.com and through her podcast, Sue's Healthy Minutes. And um, I just want to encourage you that, that, that this is a change worth making, that the time that you will spend and the things you will learn will just build your faith all that much more. Yes, yes. So. And we have, you know, we have co-ops all over the southeastern United States. So that's another- I was going to mention that. Thank you. Yeah. I've forgotten that. Well, so, I forgot it, too. And I was yeah. like, well, I don't want to interject. But that's a way of finding people in your area. So you can go to breadbeckerscoop.com and find one in your area and we deliver, but it'll it'll put you with a group. <laughs> yep. And you also, um, if it, not to pull away from Sue, cause I want you to learn from her because I haven't found a better source, but if you're too far for the co-op, like let's say you're in the, the Northern Northwestern States, that's where they grow the hard wheat and yeah. up in the Midwest. So there's very likely a place near you that you can get the wheat if you're not within the range of the co-op so that you can, you can have these benefits too. That's one of the first questions people say, well, where do I get the wheat? If it's there. Was, yeah. You just haven't been looking for it. I yeah. promise it's there. It's <laughs> so, there. And you, yeah. you will be surprised. You start making bread next thing you know. Oh yeah, I do that. And mm-hmm. yeah, so mm-hmm. it's funny. Yeah, so it's thank beautiful. you. Thank you, Lori. It's been a great afternoon. Thank you. Wasn't that so worth your time? So much wonderful information. I hope that you learned a ton. If you feel overwhelmed or you don't really know where to start, I hope you'll reach out to me or reach out to Sue over at Breadbeckers 
and let us help you because we truly believe in everything that we're sharing with you and we want you to have success. There's lots of resources available to help you get started from her podcast, which is called Sue's Healthy Minutes, to her YouTube channel, to her classes that she offers down at Breadbeckers, which by the way, if you're anywhere near Atlanta within a day's drive, I highly recommend you go. I drove four hours to get there and I learned so much and I still use almost every day the things that I learned there six years ago. So it's worth your time. But there's just, there's so many resources available. So I don't want you to feel alone. I want you to take what you learned and put it in practice because this is real nutrition. This is what God gave us to nourish our bodies. It really works. It will make you healthy and strong. It will make your babies healthy and strong. And there's really nothing more important than that. So again, if you need any help at all, shoot me an email. I'll be glad to help you. And I'll see you right back here next week. Real quick, if today's episode blessed you in any way, would you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a quick five-star written review? It'll take you less than a minute, but it's the best thank you you can give me. And it will help my show to reach more mamas just like you so we can all find God's best for our families. I'll see you right back here in a few days.